Hello Celtics Life fans, welcome inside the Celtics Life podcast. We're hitting on the end of the season this week, breaking down the major storylines, other stuff going on around the league, and a look at the final stretch for the seas. We're also covering last week's games and a look into the week ahead. I'm Topher Lane, alongside Mark Allison. Mark, how's it going? I'm good, man. How about you? Good. It has The end of the season is in sight. We're two games away from the final, which is the end of the season. This is insane. It felt like it crept up so quickly. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. I mean, it's uh, yeah, I, 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 it's it's crazy. Two games. Yeah, and so suddenly we're tied for the number one seed again. Uh, that's definitely a major story. Uh, Cleveland has the tiebreaker because they took us down on Wednesday, but losing to Atlanta today after an insane fourth quarter run by the Hawks um, to set it to overtime. Millsap gets the game winner. Cavs fall, and we're tied with them again for one. How important is the the seeding to you here at the end of the season? Well, I, I mean, I, I think the the seeding is of utmost importance to the Celtics because I don't think we can beat Cleveland without home court advantage. Um, I think it's a tall order to beat them with home court advantage. So I think for us, it's it's huge, and it probably matters less to them. But at the same time, I mean, the two games left. I mean, they're probably going to chase it, right? Well, they have to lose out the rest of the season for... Well, they only have to go one and one, and we have to win them both, right? Because we're tied now. Yeah, actually, you're right. That would that would work So, out. So a one and one, and then, and then they're playing Miami tomorrow in Miami. So second night, they're back-to-back. Yep. Um, and then they play Toronto with their last game. So, I mean, there's a dude, solid chance they could lose one of those games, for and sure. Miami needs to win out the rest right. of the season, I believe, to secure their spot as the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or at least, Now, are they are they the eight right now, or are they nine? I think they're in nine right now. Yeah, that's what I thought. I've got the standings in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that Chicago has... They've got the same record as Chicago, but Chicago's got the tiebreaker on them. Okay, right, yep. So... Yeah, they are. They're, they're, yeah, you're right. They're, they're locked up right now, 39 so, to 41. Let's take a look at that then. So right, right now we're sitting in the two seed, mm-hmm. which would put us against Indiana. We've talked about how we really like that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it seems like Indiana should probably secure the seven, but that is totally up in the air. That the six, seven, eight spot is all kind of yeah, it's, it's around by like fluid. Yeah. So that could change. Obviously, two games left for most teams, but we we've talked a ton about how we'd rather see Indiana, Chicago over Milwaukee and Miami. Yeah, I, I think Milwaukee's the one. Well, I see I don't mind Miami, but I know we we've had our discussions about this on here. I I'm totally fine with playing them. Milwaukee's the team I don't want to play. Um and you know the funny thing about that is too we kind of hold that in our hands too because we play Milwaukee on Wednesday and that game might mean <laughs> that might mean a lot for us in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Um, if we might be chasing the one seed still on Wednesday, and yet at the same time, if we beat Milwaukee, we could knock them into seventh. And if we get stuck with the two, we could end up playing Milwaukee, you know, at our own, you know, I don't know. To, to me, I think that's the matchup to avoid. Well, we've secured home court for at least the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and and take the second round. Have we have we secured for the second round officially? Uh, well, yep, we have. We're we're a game and a half up on Washington. I mean, I mean on uh, Toronto. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So I'm. I mean, maybe that's not. I guess if we, I guess if we lost both games, Toronto would have the. Uh, and Toronto won both games. They would have the uh, tiebreaker because they aren't they three to one against yeah, us this year. Sure. So yeah. yeah. So I, I guess technically not, but I mean. Um, that would be pretty for us to go zero and two, especially when one of the games is Brooklyn. Probably unlikely. Well, so I mean, I'm I'm looking at maybe I'm getting like too crazy about this, but like, so I'm thinking I don't want Miami to beat Cleveland tomorrow, in mm-hmm. part because I don't want to face Miami. I'd rather face either Indy or the Bulls. Sure. Okay. Yep. You know? I'd rather Toronto beat them. And okay. You, you'd rather so you really want it? <laughs> you want Miami to uh, win tomorrow? Uh, lose tomorrow? So Cleveland wins tomorrow. You'd rather them lose the Wednesday game to to Toronto. Well, because really, let's let's say that they they lose one of those, right? They lose to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, we move to the one seed, play uh, Chicago probably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then see Washington or Atlanta in the second round. We avoid both the Heat and the Bucks. And if we fall the second seed. Mm-hmm. It, we could see either of them depending on who wins which games. Well, if if that works out the way you said, and we ended up with the one seed. And then we had we would be avoiding we would be avoiding Cleveland, Toronto, 
and the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be best case scenario to me. I mean, yep. that, that's, and, and I'm not trying to, the, the Wizards are a pretty good team too, but I like that matchup much better than those other ones. Exactly. We just see uh, Cleveland yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals, assuming right. we make it that far. And this is all like, we're getting crazy. Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, but I mean, hey, it's, it's not really that far fetched. I mean, if uh, we could totally walk away with the one seed and I, yesterday I would have said that was crazy talk, but um, I've, I can't believe Cleveland lost both games to Atlanta. Yeah. I, I, I thought they'd split the two games as generally, you know, when you have the road and home matchups, usually one team takes one, one team takes the other. So it's pretty wild that they lost both of them. And I've got to go on a mini tangent about that, um, in part because that win. So LeBron fouled out in overtime on mm-hmm. a loose ball foul that he literally, his hands were down. He had no contact whatsoever. I'm, I'm like normally not right. in favor of LeBron James, but he totally did not foul. I, I don't even... <laughs> I don't know who it was, but he found that he was screaming at the ref. Yeah. Um, so that this loss is kind of questionable. Mm-hmm. And then they were up by three at that point with like a minute thirty to go in overtime, and they lose by one. How much is Rodgers yeah, worth in the last minute thirty? No, that yeah, kind of, that's that's pretty rough. Stuff like that. But regardless, uh, this at least the loss on Sunday seems like it was kind of tainted by by the referee calls. Um, but yeah, no, they, they lost both games. And the second game was a massive. I mean, the Hawks scored 44 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I looked at the score at the end of the third. Cleveland was up like 96 to like 70, I think. Yeah, that's it was insane. Like, that's nuts. I, I figured it was just, you know, one for the books. I was like, all right, well, cool. We're, we're officially locked into the two seed, assuming we win, uh, win out the rest of the season or at least take one game. Um, but yeah, 44 points to Cleveland's like 20 or so. Right. And, and for, then, yeah. And an Atlanta team that was struggling, they've won, now they've won three in a row against the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah. Who knew that trading Kyle Korver was going to like revitalize that squad? <laughs> right. For like, not for Mo Williams and, uh, I, and they, Mike Dunn. They got some fresher legs in there, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, those guys aren't playing, but the, the, they're playing the young guys, you know, and it's paying off. Yeah. Well, so similarly, uh, we'll move off the playoffs and look towards what comes sooner, which is the lottery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nets officially lock up the best odds for the number one pick um, by clinching the NBA worst record. Lots of kind of stuff to talk about there. So like Lonzo Ball just said that he'd rather be a Laker than the number one pick overall, if, assuming the Celtics get it or the Suns possibly, who I think have better odds than the Lakers, or at least they're tied last I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of that? See, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's crazy for him to say that, like, you know, that that's a team that he would prefer to play for. I mean, it's his home, you know, L.A. You know, it's his, it's his city. So I, 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 I totally understand that. But at the same time, um, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. I just don't know why you would do that. You know, if, if maybe it maybe he does prefer to be a laker than to be the first overall pick but it just it just seems silly especially when the lakers might not even end up with a top 3 pick and then you're kind of going to look foolish yeah absolutely and it, this kind of makes me think of uh like former UCLA star Zach Levine mm-hmm. who was picked 13th by the Timberwolves and he was like moody going up onto the onto the stage to like shake commissioner's <laughs> hand yeah. he was like really pissed about it he like was really unhappy. He like voiced his how upset he was afterwards. Um, meanwhile, he's turned into like a stud on the Timberwolves, and it seems like he's enjoying his time there. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of want the same thing to happen to Lonzo Ball. I want him to get shipped off to like Milwaukee or like some like team mm-hmm. like up north where he doesn't get to enjoy warm weather. Just kind of <laughs> fight him for like being like, oh, I only want to play for the Lakers. Yeah, know? yeah. I just yeah, think it'd be more entertaining. I, see, I, I, I don't, I don't get the vibe that he'll actually be like, uh, you know, an issue on whatever team that he goes to. I mean, his dad might be nuts, but he doesn't seem like he is. But, um, you know, at the same time, it's just, I don't know. But do you really need to say that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like he's. I think as he steps into a role as a star, he'll become more outspoken. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, I don't see the huge issue with him now. But his dad just really. <laughs> just makes me angry and you know and just like all these conversations it's just uh i don't want to deal with him on the celtics like i understand he's a really phenomenal player his shot's got a little bit of a hitch to it but hopefully he can kind of resolve that but his court vision is unreal mm-hmm. and you know he's obviously a talented player 
warranted as the number one pick. Whether you prefer Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball is really up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I just I think it's kind of strange that the guy going into the draft is like, oh well, I want to pick my team. I don't want to be the one. That's yeah, picked. right. See, I, I don't think he's going to end up being on the Celtics' radar for the mere fact that the Celtics, what they really need is a, a second banana to Isaiah in terms of scoring, right? So if if they get the first pick, I think it's Fultz, and that's a slam dunk because that kid's going to score. And if not, if they don't, I mean, maybe they'll trade slightly down, or maybe they'll trade the pick, or or maybe they'll just take one of the other guys, you know? Um, there's some other great options, too. So mm-hmm. I, I think what they're going to – I don't think ball fits because – the Celtics, you know, Isaiah's a decent distributor. I mean, he's not, by all means, he's not like, uh, you know, Rajon Rondo passing the basketball. But mm-hmm. he, I mean, he can, he moves the ball around, but what, but they definitely need a second option scoring. I mean, Horford's not that guy. He's a, he's a great all around player, but, you know, he doesn't fill it up. He's not going to score you 40 points, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the C's fall out of, if they take two or three, they're guaranteed top four mm-hmm. with the, with the Nets locking up worst record. So, if if they fall to two, three, or four, I think they go Josh Jackson. Yeah, I, that, that's a good option too. No matter what, I think I think that's mm-hmm. their pick. Unless yeah. he's gone. If I mean, if they take four and Josh Jackson goes two or right, three, right? He could go third pick, second pick. Yeah, right. Obviously, like, depending. At least on on Chad Ford's uh, mock draft, he's only got like three forwards in the top ten. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it's not Markel Fultz, I don't think that that Ainge wants another guard. Yeah, I, I agree. So, with with how many guards we have on the roster, we got Terry Rozier, who still has another year at least on his rookie he's, deal. He's got two years, uh, and then we have Smart and Avery and Isaiah, obviously, both expire next year. They're all going to be in their contract year next year. Yes. So, okay. um, yeah. So that's obviously the you know there's some decisions to be made for sure. Yeah. So I think. At least right now, I think if it's not Marco Fultz, I think Ainge opts for a forward. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I, I agree. Heavy. I agree. So Josh Jackson, I think, is is the best at least right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, obviously, if we're like the fourth pick, it'll, it'll completely depend on on who the first three were and like where we kind of fall on the shake of things. If if Lonzo Ball falls to four, maybe Ainge pulls the trigger. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's a value there, or or maybe if we don't get the first overall pick. Or maybe he's trading it. Maybe he's trading it if we get the first overall pick. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's certainly a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a conversation to have because there's a lot of people who would obviously want one of those players. Even if we get first overall, people who want Markel Fultz, people who want Lonzo right. Ball, tons of players, tons of teams who'd be willing to make that trade. Um, and meanwhile, I mean, we've got a lot of pieces. There's we're definitely missing something. The free agents on the market, the major ones at least, are like Blake Griffin, Gordon Hayward. And those are the, the major two, at least, that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you want to... Those are decent free agents, but are they guys who are going to transform this team into a contender? There's obvious scoring issues on this roster. Mm-hmm. And do we trust a rookie to fill that gap? Or are we going to try and find some really strong scoring option that we thought maybe Horford was going to fill, but he hasn't really stepped into, like, a a go-to scorer right. on this squad? Yeah, and and then maybe and maybe if the pick ends up being the first overall pick, maybe that's a way for us to trade for um, a Paul George or a, a Jimmy Butler without breaking up the entire team, you know, mm-hmm. and bringing in one of those guys that way. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, especially because the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls were close to pulling the trigger. I'm not sure if it was Ainge or if it was uh, Paxton who were who kind of backed out, but I had heard that there was a, a pretty good deal in place mm-hmm. for the number three pick last year or Chris Dunn really um, in exchange for Jimmy Butler and I think the Celtics were also going to have to send like either Marcus Smart or Jay Crowder but I think that with the addition of salary was basically all that it was going to be right um, at least that's my understanding I may have yeah no 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 I, I saw the same I saw exactly what you're talking about and whether oh. that's you know I mean whether those rumors are true or not but that's that's I to me that seemed like a slam dunk and I would have done it. But yeah, um, and the Bulls seem to have felt that they improved their roster this year. Mm-hmm. Personally, at the end of free agency, I was looking at that roster and I was saying, "What? They're not going to even make the playoffs." Yeah, and right I mean now. they're they're kind of there, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're there they're, now, but they're not in the situation that they should be, considering no. that they have these stars that they were so high on going into the season. So whether they want to rebuild with a guy like Markel Fultz, if we have the number one pick, 
or mm-hmm. Alonzo Ball, whoever they feel like is is that star. Right. I, I could see the Bulls being a really serious trade partner, and maybe we can pry Jimmy Butler away from from the Bulls front office. Certainly, and and he's got a couple years left on his deal. Whereas like a, a Paul George trade, Paul George is you know he's up at the end of next year. Maybe are a little less hesitant to give up the first overall pick for Paul George if um you know if um just because based on you know are you going to be able to resign him or not? Yeah, and he's basically declared Paul George that he wants to go to L.A. He's yeah, well, and he, and and he uh, yeah right, and that's what his agent's saying that or whatever. But um at the same time, he said that he's going to test free agency at least. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're you know you'd certainly be um you know taking a big gamble there. Whereas with Butler, you'd have a couple years left. I think he has two years and a player option. So, and he's and he signed at a reasonable, uh, I think, eighteen million per year. So, yeah, that's well, he signed factor. under the salary cap two seasons the, ago. I want yeah, to the, the previous CBA, right? Yeah, so, he signed a, I think, a four five year deal with a player op, uh, four year deal with a player option at the end, maybe. Yeah, and it was a max deal on a salary cap that was yep. significantly lower. So it, it translates to. A relatively affordable deal for a player that is yeah. significantly i mean he would be if not a first scoring option then a second scoring option and then alongside horford mm-hmm. it would just be it would be insane yeah i mean with with and there here you have a player at, you know you've got a point guard uh, a forward and you know a forward center there at you know you've got a, a top 20 30 player at all three of those positions that's pretty legit so then i want to ask do you think that Isaiah Thomas is the point guard past his contract here? Do you think he's a guy that we should really invest and and spend our future on? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I I'd pretty I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't lock him up this summer. Do you um, pay him a max deal? Yeah, I I, I mean, I think he's going to get a max deal. He's going to get a max deal if it's not here. I, I think he's getting one. Um, I think he should get one. Um, I, I, I think he certainly can be the best or well, 1A, 1B player on your team. I mean, there's there's people talk about like, you know, uh, having signing guys to these deals and like having like one of the top 10 players in the NBA and whatever. And like, I mean, if you can, I, I think what's more important is you get like three guys that are in the top 20 or 30 uh, rather than worry about getting a top five guy. Because how many teams can have a guy like that, you know? Um mm-hmm. I, 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 he, he's scoring at a ridiculous rate. I mean, he's been carrying this team. Um, I, I don't see how they're going to let him go. I wrote a post earlier this week about Isaiah. He officially cracked the top five um, of most points scored in Celtics or franchise history in one season. The only two guys who scored more is Larry Bird and John Havlicek. Yeah. Uh, they both had two seasons each that were better than, than Isaiah's season this year. If he scores 50 points in the next two games each, then he can take number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little, a, a bit of a stretch, right? Hey man, I, we should challenge him now and see if he can do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's Isaiah. Obviously he's an elite scorer, something that I don't think anybody expected. And obviously when you do not, it seems like when you doubt Isaiah Thomas, that's when he proves you wrong. Mm-hmm. And so these conversations of should the Celtics, the question that I just asked you, should the Celtics build around Isaiah Thomas or build with Isaiah Thomas, those conversations are going to happen and a ton of people are going to say, no, they shouldn't. Right. They should draft Markel Fultz and just let IT walk because he's going to be cheaper and he's got a higher ceiling. Whether that's a hype pun, I don't know. But it's IT is going to be next season, I feel like even better because he's trying to prove in a contract season that he belongs yep. as the starting point guard for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's no reason why, like, if, if we took Fultz, he is going to be, I mean, we have him at least, what, three years at a rookie at rookie scale? So I we, four, Yeah, I thought a rookie deal was four with a... Okay, so, right, sure. So, I mean, wh- why, if we took him, we could, we could re-sign... Um, well, I, I guess you, you spend next year deciding on what you're going to do going forward where, where it comes to. But he, he can be a guard off the bench next year, ease him into the lineup. And then, you know, you have Avery and you have um, Isaiah, and then you have to make a decision because I don't think that you could – if you 
I guess it's probably possible to keep them both somehow and with Horford on the books. Um, uh, but you'd probably have to renounce a lot of the guys and, and, and you wouldn't be able to bring in another top guy. So uh, you, then you'd have to make a decision which one of those two guys versus – and then if, if you were going to try and bring in another top guy and still have folds for a couple of years. I, it's a crazy juggling act that they're going to have to do. But, yeah, and- I, but at least they don't have to do it for another season. You know, I mean, if, if we rolled into the next season and we, if we tweak the roster, I don't know who else we could add, you know, as like, um, you know, secondary players, um, maybe get a couple of more veteran guys on, on shorter deals, but they could make the big decision between Isaiah and Avery and the future at the end of next year too. Or, at, you know, actually it would have to be at the, they would have to <laughs> choose not to sign one of them, I guess. I don't it's- know clear that he needs help yeah he can't, he can't do it himself there are no scores at least consistently on this team right and we have some guys that step up here and there but i mean there's no one b for in terms of scoring and i think everyone wanted that to be al horford mm-hmm. and everyone i think thought it was going to be al horford i think i also believed that al horford was going to step into that role um He's averaging like 14 points a game, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not. I'm not looking at stats, but somewhere around there, like low teens. Yeah. He. I mean, I'm I'm a huge Al Horford fan. I think he contributes significantly to this team, but he's not the second scorer as an option. He's really consistent, and he can, you know, hurt you in a ton of ways from all yep. over the court with his ability to stretch, hit threes in the post, especially against Charlotte on Saturday. He was scoring from everywhere. Even yep. from, I mean, he banked it in from the top of the key, which was kind of entertaining. But does this mean that we should chase Gordon Hayward in free agency, who's averaging 22 a game right now? A guy who is a scorer, who is a first option on a team that, that really he can do what he wants to do and that he's proving himself now and go kind of immediately into this versus building around a rookie that you hope is going to transform into a scorer eventually who can kind of supplant Isaiah once he kind of slows down or something's got to give eventually. I feel like Isaiah cannot sustain this level of scoring for yeah, well, the right. next however many years. Yeah, well, I mean, if they did do what you're talking about, if they signed Gordon Hayward, they could still essentially keep this nucleus together. I mean, obviously they have to lose some of the uh, um, contracts at the end of the roster. but um, Probably Brad. I think Bradley would have to walk if we get Horford. Well, but, but Bradley could play next season with Hayward still yep. here. You know, Um but it would be at the end of that year that that's where you would run into problems because we could add Hayward and Fultz. Um, uh, but again, I, I don't know exactly the contract numbers that we're talking about. We'd be, you know, obviously Amir's contract, um, Olenek, Jarebko, Zeller, all that stuff is coming off the books. Um, so who you're going to resign there and how that works out or, or if there's other pieces you can add, I, I'm not sure. But um, I, I'm sure it's possible to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Well, that, yeah. And I, I want to kind of talk about that scoring because it's manifested in a ton of ways, um, in slow starts that we've seen, whether it was against Cleveland on Wednesday, the Hawks, we had really a miserable first half. And then the beginning of the third quarter was miserable too. And then we finally kind of started to pick it up about halfway through the third and then into the fourth quarter. Um, but it's just been the story of the last couple games is that we just start so horribly. Yeah. And it, Isaiah is the only guy who can get going. Mm-hmm. And at least against Charlotte, the Celtics offense was rolling for a bit. Whether it was, it was it really everyone was contributing. Even Urebko was. Yeah, was, it was. It was a pretty. Uh, it was. A, it was great. They were the, the entire offense was rolling. Yeah, and then it slowed down. And when it slowed down, Charlotte made a comeback. Mm-hmm. So if if nobody's scoring, like there, there's nobody who can score. Yeah. And when he comes out of the game, it's it's you you just see how stagnant they get because there's nobody to go to. There's no like it's fine when they're like running up and down the floor, but when they have to get into a set offense, there's nobody that can find their own shot. Yep. And uh, I wish it was Bradley, but it seems like once he cools off, he just doesn't even attempt shots. Yeah, and and I mean, and he's the type of guy like he's great coming off screens, driving to the basket, like without the ball and, and, um, 
you know, and he'll knock down open shots too, but he's just not the guy you want, like, you know, as, at the top of the key trying to drive to the hoop. Yeah. yeah. And right uh, now, one of our more consistent scorers off the bench is Kelly Olenek. Mm. Which, you know, I mean, I don't mind. I'm really happy to see that he's that he's doing well. But Yeah, I mean, that's his ideal role, but... It's not what you... I mean, I, Kelly's just not the guy that you really want to be. No, you don't want to have to rely on that. It, it, he should be the guy that's like, oh, he gives you this big boost off the bench, and some games, you know, once in a while, he'll throw down close to 20 points and, you know, take, you know, have a monster performance, but you don't want to have to rely on that every night. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's been a tough past week, one in three over the course of the week or one and two, I should say, uh, cause we had the beginning half of the week off, but Cleveland game was really painful. Horrendous. The, the Hawks game was, was pretty rough. And then, you know, finally we capped off with a win on Saturday, but yeah, it just, it was a long time coming. It's just like, kind of going drudging into the end of the season into the start of the playoffs like limping into it just it does not feel like where we want this team to be yeah starting the playoffs regardless of whether the one seed or the two seed it's just right and 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 that's what stevens was stressing too like um maybe at the end of last week we was talking to we're talking about the one seed and he was talking about his preference was that we're playing you know, our best going into the playoffs, regardless of what the seed is. You know, you, I mean, you want to string together a couple of good performances so you're going in, you know, riding high. Do you think there's been a ton of conversation about rest, especially with like the Cavs, people saying that LeBron James, you know, Michael Jordan never needed rest. You know, that's such a quote people keep throwing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Scottie Pippen said something like the difference between LeBron and, and, and Michael Jordan is clear now. James, or Jordan never stopped. He never stopped playing. And mm-hmm. LeBron's sitting here like, oh, I need to sit on the bench for a while. He needs to miss games. He needs to sit so that he can rest for the playoffs. And do you think that the Celtics should be considering that? How important is seeding in terms of rest when it seems like Isaiah, who is the only scoring option, if he runs out of steam, what do we have? Yeah, I mean, I think if anybody needs to rest, he's probably the only guy. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. I mean, he's playing pretty good right now. Yeah, I just um, worry about it. Yeah, maybe, I know. Maybe it's just my own, like, I, maybe I'm just a little bit too worried about it, but I just, like, he's the only guy that we can count on. Yeah, And if see, fatigue finally hits him. Yeah, I, I think Brad's done a pretty good job of keeping the guys around, like, 35 minutes a game. Um, you know, not really pushing them. You know, you don't see them reach the 40s. Once in a while, maybe someone played 40 minutes in a game. But for the most part, I, I don't think he runs them ragged. I mean, you see times where Isaiah wants to get in the game. You know, they, they, they've been doing that thing where, well, at least most of the season, he, he you know, he'll sit down towards the end of the third quarter and then the first couple minutes of the fourth, or, or sometimes he plays the entire fourth. But yeah. generally what Brad likes to do is sit him down with a few minutes left in the third, and he gets a nice long break going in and comes back in the game with like 10 minutes left in the fourth, you know, full of, full of energy. And you can see Isaiah standing up, waiting. He wants to get back in the game. I mean, I, I think he's done a pretty good job of keeping him um, rested enough, you know, despite maybe Isaiah wanting to play more. Well, those minutes are going to increase as kind of playoff rosters emerge. As, yeah, right. With the rotation uh, shrinks, right. Yeah, exactly. As that as that rotation shrinks, those minutes are going to increase. Isaiah's going to see a lot more time on the floor. And, you know, it comes after a really, obviously, the, the most usage he's ever seen in his career. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm overreacting and saying that maybe we should consider resting him for the last, or maybe maybe not resting him, like pulling him entirely or benching him entirely, but maybe just putting him 20 minutes unless we really need it. Like Brooklyn, for instance, we probably don't need Isaiah for all. Well, hopefully they, they're, you know, where we blow him out and, you know, he doesn't have to play the fourth quarter. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe a 25-minute game. <laughs> that would be cool. It'd be cool to see the rookies in – one of these games. I mean, I would like to take the one seed, but it'd be cool to see, or not even necessarily the rookies, but you know the, the, the right, the, the right. It will be good to see the guys that, especially the guys that might really play have a big impact in the playoffs, like uh, a guy like Gerald Green. Hopefully, he gets some run in the next couple games. Um, Jerebko, Jerebko too, right? Um, I know they were playing Zeller like a week ago, getting him. He got into a few games in a row after not playing for a while. Um, just in case, you know, um, I know Brad likes to use them in some matchups when we're playing against bigger teams. Um, but I mean, yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be nice if we can blow out, um, Brooklyn and then maybe, 
maybe the Milwaukee game doesn't matter for either one of our two teams, you know, yeah. and, and maybe they can both sit, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you were pointing out that the, uh, you were watching, or did you end up watching the, the main game, the main Red Claws game where they, I did the other night. Yeah. Everyone wrecked, especially my favorite player. Your man. Like my boy, Jordan Mickey. Crushed. I think he had 28 points, 15 rebounds and five blocks. Absolutely. Typical, typical, day typical, typical Jordan Mickey game. Yeah. No big deal. I, you know, it's, I tell you what, it really amazes me that he didn't get more run this year, especially like earlier in the year when, when they were really struggling rebounding and, and playing defense. I'm really shocked that he didn't get an extended look at, at, ever, really. He got that one start. Yeah, but, and then we, you know, I remember us being excited about it and be like, oh, shoot, you know, and then, I mean, he still only played like 10 minutes in that game. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, basically he no. started, and then he was pulled. Like that was it, and maybe he came yeah. in one more time. It was, I think, it was against Washington, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. It was way just, back though, like like Horford's concussion. Yeah, yeah. The games that he missed, and um, Brad was just trying to find some kind of solution for that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm shocked they didn't. I, I don't know, especially when we had the rebounding trouble, and like, you know, I don't know. I, guy seems like he can play. He seems like a baller, so. I don't know. We but, the same thing about James Young also, who mm-hmm. had torn it up in the D League. Yeah. Just unbelievable in D League. Comes up to the NBA and just is a dud every yeah. time he gets the floor. Well, he's played well. He's played well the end of this year when he's played, for the most part. Yeah, I think just for a lot of Celtics fans, it's kind of too late in the sense that he's been. Well, I mean, I think his, I think his rookie deal is up at the end of this year, isn't it? I or think no? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, don't, I really don't see the Celtics. Offer. Yeah. I mean, but maybe they'll offer him a minimum contract depending on who's coming back and whatever. But I mean, yeah, it, they might maybe extend the qualifying offer, but I don't see a matching. Right. Exactly. Anything yeah. else? Yeah. But yeah. So you also wrote it was on the cover of slam, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. We, I mean, we haven't had a guy on the cover of slam since the uh, big three, you know, yeah, what was it? yeah. Probably, probably all three of them, maybe one of them. I mean, I, I know they all, you know, Pierce and Garnett graced that cover a few times. Maybe Rondo had a cover, though, um, when those guys left, you know, um, that first year, thinking like it was his team now. I don't know. Yeah. It's possible. Well, we got the kind of the future of of a big three, kind of, uh, as three of our, our 16 draftees were ranked top seven ESPN's top prospects so yeah Jalen Brown third pick Gershon Yabusele was 16 right uh, 16, he was 16 17? 16 or 15 or 16 16 yeah, I think I think it was 16, 16. and then Ante and, Zizic or Zizic I don't even know once he gets here I'll learn Zizic, how to say yeah, his name Zizic, but, Zizic, yeah. <laughs> yeah once he gets here I'll learn how to say his name but until then I, I just I see those guys like Yurkic and uh, sometimes it's like a hard C sometimes it's a ch- noise so I just don't know how to pronounce it. I just kind of wait until I don't think anyone like will fall kind of gets it to me. Yeah, no, I think you're good. <laughs> or you got a uh, Tommy Heinsohn struggling to say it for a while. Yeah. Oh, That's I can't nice. wait. I can't <laughs> wait till Yabuselli comes up because I can't wait to hear what he calls him. It's gonna be Yabu. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be Yabu. He'll be Yabu Dabu do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we had a rough week. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, there were some injury scares. Crowder with his elbow. Um. No idea what happened there. You and I were talking about it. He had an MRI. He had an X-ray. Nothing showed up, but it was like swelling and feeling kind of weird. And that's always scarier than than anything showing up in anything. Yeah, so that was kind of weird. He did play against Cleveland, and then we just got wrecked, just decimated. Yeah. Uh, That was kind of sad that they just – I mean, it was like they were running the Matador defense out there in that second quarter. It was really – I, I, it would, they were, if you watch, if you go back and watch video of it, it's really depressing because there's, there's just, you know, guys looking at each other while LeBron comes up and just dunks and nobody's even near the hoop. It's crazy. One of my friends and, sent me a gif of that and said the Celtics have the best mannequin challenge of. Yes, yeah. yes, I, oh my God. I, and that was true. It was, it was like it's, a cut that's exactly what it was. Literally, Avery Bradley stood there and watched. And, he was yeah. supposed to be the help defender and he just watched him go up. Yeah, Which somebody made a. LeBron James is not a guy that you can just stop when he's going at the rim. But of course, yeah. You know what? Just like even try and get in his way. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, and yeah. And there was some other funny videos too. Uh, some people like freeze framed them, and then they had like thought bubbles on what everyone was thinking, and like 
you know, uh, I, should I have doubled? And this guy, you know, uh, there's four different guys like, oh, shit, nobody did anything, you know. Yeah. And it's like they, they were thinking every single time. So yeah. it, it was just a strange – because we had a really good first quarter. You know, yeah, started, I mean, it looked like it was going to be a good game, yeah. We were up by one. I was confident that it was going to be like a fist fight throughout the entire game. Yeah, but then just – it wasn't even that anybody took the game from us. It's that the Celtics just dropped it and just – Look, just defense. There was no offense. Yeah, was nothing. Nothing was going well for the Celtics. And after the last game we played against them, where it was, it looked like a playoff game. You know that game when when you know we had uh, Avery shut down Kyrie at the end with that last shot. And I mean that game was back and forth all through the fourth quarter. That, I mean that was probably my favorite game of the year mm-hmm. in terms of just a basketball fan. Not even the fact that we won. I mean that was an awesome, awesome game. And um. Yeah, and then we got that dud, you know. So yeah, and this this surprising. had playoff implications. The Celtics, sure, the yeah, I were mean, tied for the one seed at the time. This yep. was the tiebreaker. If the Celtics had won, they would probably be secure. We'd, we'd be a game up right now, and yeah, it wouldn't be secure yet, but they would be right a lot more likely to take the one seed. Right now, things have to really roll our way for, for us to take the one seed and take home court throughout the playoffs. Yep, but it was yeah, it was rough. It seemed like that continued on to Atlanta. Um, where just the first, it was a back-to-back, but the first three, two and a half quarters were just awful. And it was just, it was really pretty painful. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really awful game for Horford, who in his last trip to Atlanta had played pretty well against his former team. Mm-hmm. But he just really, I think he, the crowd you could hear on League Pass, I was watching on League Pass, the crowd was chanting, where is Al Horford? And he was like getting pretty decent minutes. And like he just, what, like nobody, he was doing horribly. Yeah. So that was a rough, rough game. We finally kind of surged something in the fourth, but. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they made a game out of it. I mean, would they cut it to five with like two minutes to go or yeah. something like it, it was, it was within two baskets, anyways. I'm pretty sure it was five points with like two and change or one just under two minutes. But, um, yeah, it was a little too late. It's weird because Atlanta, there was that other game back in like January, end of January, I think. And, I, I, it was that Atlanta game where I just wanted to turn it off. And, like, I never do that with Celtics games. But, like, this was a game where I was just like, ugh. Like, it was the day after getting just wrecked by Cleveland. I was already pretty upset. And then we just keep going out and kind of continue to play bad basketball. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of painful to be a Celtics fan for those two games. Yeah. And I didn't turn off either because, you know, I, I care and I'm a good fan. But it's just... I care. <laughs> it, was just, it, was just, it was rough. It's just hard on me, you know? It's been a long day at work, and I'm, I just want my team to win. It's just, uh, it's bad. <laughs> it makes it hard sometimes. Yes, for sure. But we made up for it against uh, Charlotte. Came out first quarter. We kind of started off slow, and then suddenly literally everything clicked. Everyone yeah. was contributing. It was yeah, awesome. the, the the whole. I mean, like we were, we were talking about before, that everybody was hitting shots. It, it was a, it just looked like a, a great all around team effort. And that was after I know Crowder was talking after the Atlanta game about um, them coming out and punching first because these last few weeks they haven't been. I mean, they've been trailing at the half in like five of the last six games they played in. So they needed to get back to you know being on the attack early and uh, and I mean it, they answered the bell in that regard for sure. Although yeah. they ended up blowing the a big lead in the third quarter again, but yeah, yeah I don't know what happened there, and I can't yeah. really explain it. I like was I was just kind of so enamored with with the offense because it was like it was back like that stretch, yeah, near the end of January I think, or going into the All Star break where we had won like nine straight or something. Avery was still out, but we were just putting together a really great run, and you know everybody was scoring in double digits. Like we had like six or seven guys on average hitting double digits and points. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like that, at least through the first half. And so I was just kind of like expecting it to just end that way. Like I just figured we were just going to carry that on. Like we weren't going to felter off. But in the third quarter, we just kind of started to, to lag a little bit. And uh, it worked out in the fourth. Charlotte retook the lead in the fourth. But then, and Isaiah credited Brad Stevens with some mm-hmm. great plays um, that were written for Bradley and not, not IT. Yeah, he said. He said Brad drew up a play. It worked. They ran it again, and then they ran it again. Like they ran it three three times in a row. And you know, if something's not broke, then just don't fix it. Just keep rolling with it until they figure out how to guard it. Yep. And uh, that that worked. That ultimately got in the win. So yep. One and two week. I uh, obviously could have been better, but still, we're sitting 
second seed right now, uh, tied for first, but Cleveland's mm-hmm. got the tiebreaker because of that game on Wednesday. But I mean, what? There's nothing wrong right now. It's it's a great time to be a Celtics fan, as far as like kind of in the rebuild process. We got in the same week, we uh, are tied for the one seed again, and we're guaranteed a top four pick. Yeah, so I mean that's I one. mean that's <laughs> pretty pretty good. I think it's just it's, it's pretty awesome. enviable spot. For so sure. we're gonna match up with those guys, the Brooklyn Nets, on Monday. Um, what are your kind of predictions? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, we should beat Brooklyn. I mean, they've I, they've been playing much better now than they were earlier this season. But uh, at the same time, if all hands are on deck and everybody plays in the game, then we should win that game. I Rest mean, of the season on. is closed out at home, mm-hmm. so should be i mean we're we've been really good at home since 2017 really started right um classy move by the nets though which i saw on nba's facebook they in their last home game they all like took their jerseys off and just gave them to fans and, like signed them and like they just picked fans just every player gave them the jersey and just, that's like, pretty cool which is pretty classy because like you know they acknowledged that yeah it wasn't this season didn't quite go as as, as planned and, right. like, the people who are there are either, like, really dedicated fans or they're just like, oh, look, a basketball game. Let's go. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Free? I, I imagine these tickets are <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> How often do you get to see a professional team play for free oh, in Brooklyn? Um, yeah, so that was – I thought that was pretty classy. Um, but they've been playing well for, for Brooklyn, but it's just kind of too little too late, so – yeah, I mean, you, you, and it's like it, it, it's tough to see too. I mean, they they these guys weren't tanking and yet still finished <laughs> behind these other teams that were like uh, just completely, you know, Lakers, Phoenix, just you know. Although Phoenix, you can't really say Phoenix was tanking at the end of the year either because they were playing pretty well with Devin Booker and stuff. But yeah, they rested a couple guys. I think they they yeah going to play Brandon Knight anymore or not? Mm-hmm. I always confuse. Is it Brandon Knight or is it Bledsoe? Bledsoe. They said they were Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. yeah, I always confuse those two. But yeah, they they were kind of tanking. If the Lakers had just committed to it all season, if they were just kind of honest about, oh, they hey, easily could have done it. Yeah, hey guys, we're not we're not trying to win games because it just kind of bothers me that they waited until the last <laughs> yeah. fifteen games to be like, oh, and then they really went in on it, yeah. like, <laughs> like all their chips. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that was and. I didn't think that Timofey Mozgov and Luol Deng were that valuable to them winning games, but apparently. Right. I'm surprised they didn't trade either one of them. I mean, especially like Mozgov. How how did they not trade him? How did Cleveland, how were they not interested in getting him back when they had so many problems? You know, they've got Larry Sanders plugged in at center. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand why wouldn't they wouldn't go after Mozgov. Well, I mean, now Mozgov's contract is ludicrous. Oh, well, that's what it is. That's, that's right. That, 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 that's right. That's that's right. That ridiculous deal. Like at least when he was with Cleveland, it was for like a reasonable cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a thousand percent what it is. I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it, no, you're, you're not. That's not as great. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's that's just yeah. He, I don't know what the Lakers were thinking when they decided to to give him that much money. Yeah, what, um, and especially when they're coming into a year where I mean, I guess they thought they were going to be decent, but. You know, it didn't take them long to, to realize, oh, geez, we really suck, you know? I saw a thing, or I heard about it, that they're debating moving on from D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, it was the second year? Yeah. I mean, Which, he, he showed some promise. I, I, I He's been pretty inconsistent all year, though. So I, I was mean, trying to, like, piece together what they could do. And I was like, what if they trade D'Angelo Russell for, like, Paul George and then, like, appeal to... Give the Pacers yeah. like a really good rookie point guard that they can build around, and then That's... probably a ton of other stuff. Like they probably have to give like a ton of other pieces, but maybe, you know, but maybe not that George, much more. Give though, the extension, you know? get his I mean... bird rights. He already says he wants to be in L.A. Yeah, and that's not that's not the silliest thing I've heard. I think that's actually makes a lot of sense. You it know? entirely depends on where their draft pick lands. If they can right. get Lonzo Ball, I think that they'd be willing to move on from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they ended up with that second pick and and they took Lonzo Ball and boom, I mean that that makes a ton of sense. Um, and it just would, I guess, it would matter how much Indiana would value um, him. And then obviously there'd have to be some other contracts in there. I don't know how many years Luol Deng has left on his year, but to make you know to make the salaries match up, yeah. I mean, obviously they could throw Mozgov in, but I'm sure Indiana doesn't want him. He's a uh, he's like a younger Roy Hibbert. 
maybe that's what they need. They're bringing back. Uh, they brought back Lance Stevenson. He's all yeah, that crazy stuff. So maybe get that's the it. get the band back together. What was it? The the 2014 Pacers or the 2013 so. Pacers? Yeah, something along those the the team that Paul George longs for. That was a fun team. And they, they were. were really was a good, good team. Dude, they were the number one seed, weren't they? That was when when Miami was still rolling. It was. Or if they weren't the one seed, they were the two seed that year. I think they it, took the two, maybe. Maybe. And then, but Miami was the three seed then. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm pretty sure whatever year that was. Because uh, that was when Chicago still had Derrick Rose. Yeah, like those were relevant teams, and those were like fun yeah. playoffs. Those were yeah, like those know, were those were those matches were great. He would fight. LeBron would fight through the uh, pesky Bulls, led by just a really annoying Joakim Noah. Yep, and then go against the Pacers, and like basically only won because Paul George got like a concussion, mm-hmm. like mid game, and then like, still came back to play even though he was dizzy. Yeah, but wasn't quite the same. Yeah, so like that that's like one of LeBron James titles is because Paul George hit his head really hard. <laughs> yeah, they had a really good team. That's right. That was a fun team and they were young. Yeah. Yep. And why did they let that team dissipate like that? I don't well, know. basically Roy Hibbert became completely Well, I, I understand that, but I mean the other guys too. I mean they had some other good players on that team. Yeah, Stevenson well, so and um, basically everyone walked. Like David West yeah. took that that's right. David yeah, West was aging, though. He took the deal with um, the mid-level with the Spurs. Yep. And then he and then he ended up in Golden State. Yeah, yeah. And then Hibbert just basically just fizzled out. Fell off, they just moved on from Hibbert, and then yeah. Stevenson walked because he was offered money by the Grizzlies, I think. Yep. And then he ended up getting cut and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever and happened. He, he was wasn't he just playing in China or something? Not China, but um, he was just well, signing ten day contracts basically. Over yeah. The but, weeks. So yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, he he's been all over the place, and then yeah, they tried to like fill that gap with Monte Ellis. They traded uh, George Hill to the Jazz, and then got Jeff Teague from it. They've like tried to revamp it, and it just hasn't yeah. gone well. Yeah. So they fired Frank Vogel, which I think was a huge mistake. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. This, despite how bad Orlando was this year, I mean yeah. that team was terrible. And and they still didn't end up at the bottom of the league. And if you looked at that roster, you would think that team would be at the bottom of the league. So that's kudos to Frank Vogel. Yeah. Well, we just completely went off on a crazy tangent. That's um, fine. Yeah, we do Brooklyn that. Brooklyn and then Milwaukee on Wednesday, both at home. Yep. Monday, Wednesday games. Uh, 2-0 a week. Do you think we can do it? I mean, I think we can definitely do it. And there's a very good chance that maybe Milwaukee is playing for nothing on Wednesday. And we're still in it for the one seed. So... That could work out in our favor. They uh-huh. had lost three straight heading into Sunday. They won mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, yeah, they don't, I don't think they fall or rise based on. Is there a game up right now on the Pacers with both teams have two games to go? Yeah, I believe that they have the tiebreaker. I think that they're pretty much guaranteed six That's a, unless they so, lose both. Right. So if they have that tiebreaker, then there's a good chance that maybe they're not playing you know, their starters on Wednesday, yeah, which like they, they must have to rest Giannis. Yeah. I mean, or, or just, to. or just why not? I mean, you know, if it doesn't matter, yeah. um, but, and then that'll depend, you know, um, obviously. So the, um, we play tomorrow and Wednesday and Cleveland plays tomorrow on Wednesday. So I guess it would, tomorrow's games would have a, you know, obviously, a big decision for whatever happens, the Celtics and the Heat. I mean, uh, the Cavaliers, geez, the Heat. Um, depending on you know, what matters for us, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because if we lose tomorrow, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, we need to win out the rest of the season if we want the one seed, which I, I can't really make an argument for why we don't. Unless yeah, we really I, want to rest Isaiah. Right. I, I think that they, I mean, I don't think we can beat the Cavs without home court and... I think it's a stretch even with it. But at the same time, I'd rather the odds be in our favor a little bit. All right. Predictions? 2-0? I, I mean, I can see us winning both games. I, that, I don't think that's an issue. Okay. Um, so what do you think? I, You know, I'm optimistic. I'll say 2-0-2. And then hopefully we can kind of like charge into the postseason on mm-hmm. like a good roll. Three straight wins. Yeah, I, I just want to see them play well the next two games, really. I mean, that, that would be key. I, I hope they come out, you know, play really well tomorrow night. And then... Maybe um, you know we're playing a competitive game against the Bucks, I, and even if we don't win that game, hopefully it's a you know we play well. That's all. I think that's key. 
I just want Marcus Smart to either stop heaving up shots mm-hmm. or figure out how to hit those shots. <laughs> like, remember how to hit a basket. Just, yeah, well, maybe be, we'll get lucky cool. in one of these series, you know, and, and he gets hot for a couple games like he can, you know, knock down a few. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, well, are you working on anything cool for the rest of the season or – um, I'm not, I was, you know what I was looking at though today though? I was looking at like, um, someone posted, it was, I forget what site it was. One of the stat sites was posting, um, the statistical analysis of the season, the consistency of teams and the Celtics are like dead on, like the most consistent team in the NBA in terms of plus minus, like throughout, they, they did it over like 10 game spans. Wow. So going up to, you know, game 80 or whatever, um, and we are by far, we were like right along the line, like almost, you know, up a little bit, down a little bit, no super highs, no super lows, like just kind of right there. Wow. And then you look at some of these other teams and it was like, you know, the Cavs would have these huge peaks and then these huge valleys, even, even Golden State and Golden State granted, I think their valleys came when Durant got hurt. But if you look at them now, like riding into the playoffs, they're like off the fucking chart. Like, <laughs> like um, the Raptors had some crazy peaks, but and they're riding really high right now. I, mean, I think they're they're eight and two right now in their last ten. Yeah, um, Lowry's back. Yeah, right. So I mean, and and it was kind of the Pelicans since the Demarcus trade are way up, or maybe not since the Demarcus trade, but in the last month or so. You know, the last ten games they've played, they're way up too. So maybe that's gelled better than than everybody thought too. Um, I don't know. It was, it was pretty cool. To look. It was pretty cool, but I, I just don't know how I would break that rest of that down. Besides that one, you know, analysis there. Yeah. Well, if you do, it'll be on CelticsLife.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check all that stuff out at CelticsLife.com. We also have a ton of links at the top where we have a huge variety of shirts, hoodies, even tickets to the next game in our store that you can check out under the heading. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, Mixcloud. And make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any of our awesome episodes. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. And if you don't like something or you have a suggestion, let us know because we really just want to make this what you guys want as listeners. We want to do whatever we can to improve the podcast, make you guys happier, uh, to give you the Celtics content just the way that you like it. That's all I got. We probably should have hit on the injuries and the injury returns. Kevin Durant back, Kyle Lowry back, stuff like that. We'll hit it in a week, maybe? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. All right, cool. Mark, thanks, man. Take it easy, man. Yeah, have a good week, everybody.